GP Insights, a health cert podcast. Practical advice for busy GPs on how to treat with confidence and grow their practice. All right, so um, welcome back to our podcast. I'm here again with, with Paul Elmsley, the founder and CEO of HealthCert and the National Skin Cancer Clinics. We, in this podcast, we're going to delve into the interesting and, and tricky material around what makes any organization, small, medium or large, really successful. And I think most of us that are involved in organizations, whether it's businesses or not-for-profits, medical clinics or, or anything, would realize that there are two key parts to making any organization successful. One is the, the physical infrastructure, um, including, you know, digital and networks and computers and cameras and, and the actual buildings and, and all of the physical infrastructure for, for uh, medical clinics and so on. But the other one is people. So we're going to deal with both of those topics separately. And um, today we're going to we're going to deal with with people. So, Paul, we often hear. Um, you know, the, more, the most important asset in my business is my people. And then everybody laughs and rolls their eyes and says, well, yeah, but nobody ever really believes that. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your, your perspectives on the importance of, of people in an organization at, at a high level. And we'll, we'll explore, you know, what you've learned over the years and how things have changed for you. But uh, how, how would you react to that? Well, I mean, I think that the, the core thing to realize is that, you know, whilst the facilities, et cetera, are important, and so we'll delve into that later, is we are in the people business. I mean, we are, you know, effectively medical businesses and just focusing on the, the medical uh, business side of things is, you know, we're people dealing with people. So it's, you know, doctors and staff interacting with patients, you know, it's the human connection, it's, you know, it's the listening, it's the empathy, it's all the other elements which are, the people bit, which really makes, I suppose, what is a medical practice? You know, we're not selling widgets, we're selling time and human connection. And I think that, you know, the, the important, you know, yes, the, the fact is the people are the most important asset. They're also the most expensive, you know, thing that we have in our business. You know, the, the wage bill pales in comparison to what the rent of the building is. Um, yeah. And for a lot of people, they probably don't spend a lot of time thinking about their people and you know how they can obviously, I would say I'll use the term get the most out of them, but I mean by the fact of you know having them fully engaged and you know wanting to be there and obviously you know delivering the best sort of patient service they possibly can. Yeah. So I um, I think most of us that have been around the blocks a bit would 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 agree with that. I, I uh, let let me um, try and provoke you a little bit further. I, I visited a small um, college that is uh, here in Sydney, not too far from Macquarie University, where I am. Uh, they're rapidly growing community college, if you like. Um, they have high aspirations. They seem to be going well. And, and I asked the principal uh, this week uh, when I sat down with him, um, you know, what, what's making this work for you? What's making this successful? And he said, uh, this is a direct quote, he said, uh, uh, we have three uh, pillars to our work. He said, we love our students, we love our staff, and we love our community. And he said that he starts by loving his staff, 
And so his staff retention is 96% measured year on year. How do you react to that? How does that fit into your thinking? Well, I mean, I totally agree that the, you know, the focus must be on your people first. I mean, ultimately we serve our patients, but the fact is that if we haven't got the people part of our business right, um, you know, then, you know, once again, you know, the, the patient experience is going to be poor and therefore they're not going to come back or, or tell their family and friends potentially, you know, not to go to, to the practice and or to a particular doctor. I mean, yeah. my view generally on, you know, on medical practices, the part-time receptionist is as important as the full-time doctor because yeah. ultimately, you know, when you talk about, you know, a patient's interaction with the practice, you know, it starts from when the phone was picked up and a booking was made, you know, how they were checked in, uh, the clinical services, and then obviously how they were billed and or followed up. Um, yeah. there's, you know, they probably got more interaction, you know, once again with the front counter than they have necessarily with the doctor on many occasions. And I think that for a lot of practices, you know, we, we're so focused on the doctor side of it, you know, and understand yeah. why, because they're the ones that generate revenue and, you know, that's important. And, you know, most practices struggle to find good doctors. And I understand that uh, is a situation, but for a lot of practices, you know, we don't actually look at, you know, once again, our reception staff or our nursing staff and also our practice managers around how we can help them once again, sort of, you know, enjoy their work environment more, you know, help upskill them so that they're more comfortable uh, to do things or necessarily sit down and talk to them about, you know, what is it they actually want to achieve, you know, whilst they're here with us. You know, you may right. have staff members who have aspirations to be the practice manager in the future, but no one's having a conversation with them. So, you know, when an opportunity arises elsewhere, they leave and suddenly you've left one, you know, lost one of your best staff members. So I think that, you know, really, um, you know, as a, as, a, as a practice owner, but not necessarily just as a practice owner, even as a doctor in a practice, you know, mm -hmm. the way you interact with the other people in the practice and, and not yeah. having sort of hierarchical structure where, you know, doctor is king or queen and then basically everyone sort of, you know, runs around them underneath them. I mean, all these people are people, you know, they have lives, they have challenges, they have things mm -hmm. going on at home. Um, yep. And, you know, paying a little bit of attention to them, giving them a little bit of time, talking to them and understanding how they are as humans, you know, will have a massive impact on the culture of a business uh, and a practice and just, just shows you genuinely care about people. You know, we are so focused on delivering great care for our patients, but we don't always then necessarily focus on delivering great care for the people that work within our practice. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And, and um you know, certainly that's my experience where, where I work, uh, as you know, leading a very large team of people at the university. And w one of the, the points I, I learned quite some years ago from the then um, head of human resources, who was really uh, aligned with this kind of thinking, was that you, you have to understand what it is your staff are trying to achieve themselves, which is something I think, you, you know, you just reflected on there. Mm that they're, they're not just employees there to do a job. Um, they have aspirations, they have desires, they, they have uh, career goals in mind. And the language that this person used to me was, was very much about aligned self-interest. Yeah. So that the employer and the employee, you know, each legitimately have self-interest. They have something that they want to achieve. And the, the trick is if you can find alignment between those two things, it's gold. 
A any thoughts on that and any examples you can yeah. you can think of in your own experience, Paul? Yeah, I mean, look, so, so number one thing we need to remember, right, people generally only care about themselves. And I don't mean that in a you know, negative derogatory way, but let's just be honest yeah. and saying, well, when you yeah. wake up in the morning, you know, you're thinking about yourself. I'm not saying you haven't got family or other things around you, but ultimately, yeah. for the most part, you know, you are obviously thinking about yourself. And I said, I don't it certainly mean, starts there, doesn't it? Oh, look, and that's that's doctors. That's everybody, right? I mean, that yeah. that, that is humanity, right? We we basically yeah. are, you know, interested in obviously survival and and looking after ourselves, and that's you know yeah. what we've been doing since a you know since we've come come out of a cave. So yeah. I think yeah. that you know the, the the point you make is is very relevant. I mean, so one of the key things is as a you know as a practice owner, definitely is sitting down and you know with your staff and basically see how they're going. And then find out what it is they're looking to achieve, right? Yeah. Um, so that's you know. So just as far as just doing a performance appraisal, giving them some feedback, letting them talk, you know, listening to you know their cares or concerns, uh, you yeah. know, because they're going to see things you can't see, and they're your yeah. best eyes and ears with relation to that. Um, yeah. The other one is is that you know, I think that you know trying to to once again understand them also as people because. You know, as I said, sometimes, you know, people are going through divorces or, you know, mothers or fathers just being diagnosed with cancer. I mean, there's other things going on which will then take precedence or at least, you know, a lot of their mind space away. And, you know, you might suddenly see that, you know, one good staff member is suddenly becoming a bit, you know, absent-minded or, or, or the like, you know, within their practice. I mean, when you see that, you need to sit down and have a chat with them and basically offer them support. So, yeah. It might be, do you need some time off? Is there some other way I can help you? I mean, over the years, I've helped, you know, staff members, you know, have the extra few dollars they need for the deposit for a block of land they wanted to buy or, you know, other things that were very important to them that really was not a big deal to us, you know, in that sense, as far as the effort we would make. But look, the impact mm -hmm. on them was enormous. And obviously, from a, a loyalty to the business or the practice, um, yeah. you know, paid back 10 or 100 fold. I mean, ultimately, yeah. people that have feel like that they're actually, you know, respected, listened to and valued, you know, are going to give you so much more at work versus, you know, I'm just clocking in and out for the job and no one really seems to care about me. Yeah. So, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you in, in a few minutes, some, you know, actually how in a very tangible operational way, how to go about that, but to support that, but let me, let me, um, you know, difficult to believe that you've always had this enlightened perspective, Paul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tell us about tell us about how you uh, how you were before you had this enlightened view, yeah. and and quite seriously, what it was that triggered the the shift for you. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll, I'll be honest in saying that you know, for the better part of my business life. I probably saw once again people um, and looking you know, and I'll, I'll be honest and saying probably more in the you know admin staff side of it versus the doctors purely because once again you know, the other focus on doctors and they're obviously the revenue generating part of the business. Um, so I probably uh, I wouldn't have said that I thought they were disposable, but you know if someone wasn't happy or you know there was a problem or whatever, it'd be like well let's get rid of them and we'll find someone who is happy to do whatever that is that we're required to do. Um, yeah. And that was definitely an attitude I had, um, you know, just from you know being there. Then I went and uh, uh, did a entrepreneurial masters at MIT, which started back in 2012. And the first thing I started with was people and culture, 
And we yeah. effectively spent four days hearing about businesses that were the best places to work in the United States and Canada and around how they actually achieved that. And it was just yeah. incredible to see, you know, I suppose their thinking around the importance of people, the, the systems or processes they put in place, you know, yeah. the reward recognition programs. And that was the epiphany for me that I just had this completely wrong. I mean, yeah. as much as, you know, if a receptionist leave, can we find another one? Yes, you can. But, you know, do you really want to? You know, do you want to swap out a, a good person with maybe someone who's not as good? Uh, and also you've got to integrate them into your business and culture and how you work, which is obviously a lot of time and effort. And, you know, I think for all of us that have recruited people, I mean, having to farm through all of the candidates and then take a guess at who, you know, because when you're hiring someone, you're guessing. Right when you right. when they find when you leave them you're knowing, so I'm just conscious that that was probably the the epiphany for me from that point forth. The whole focus on people and culture became my number one focus and still is today. I mean, my role in the organisations that we have and we've got almost 300 people is responsible for the culture. Right, I yeah. see that as my most important job. It's I don't look at profit and loss and measure the success of the business on that. I measure it based on. Uh, what's the thing called EMPS? So it's called, it's an employee net promoter score. So basically staff happiness or satisfaction is I believe the probably the number one performance metric of a business because right. if you've got a really good place to work, people don't leave and they give you more, right? Yeah. If you've got a shitty place to work, then people will leave and you're generally going to be left with the bottom of the barrel, which is not what yeah. you want. I mean, you want A players that you know come to work and give their best not people that are just there to do a job and really don't care about anything going on around them. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that, that's very helpful. So what, what in a tangible way, actually actionable things for, for people who are listening to this, mm -hmm. would you recommend that they do in their practices, in their medical organizations? What did you do in a tangible way after your MIT experience? Because we've all been on workshops or read books or listened to mm. podcasts, you know, and you go, God, yeah, that's absolutely right. And then nothing changes. What would you have people change, Paul? Well, I mean, I, th I think firstly, there's, there's two groups of people and I'll break it up into practice owners or, or, or managers of practices. And then also let's yeah. say doctors that work within the clinics, assuming that's our audience. So, yeah. you know, from a practice manager's perspective, you know, the, the first thing you should do is definitely set up, um, you know, and I'll use the term performance reviews, but it could be an informal conversation, right? It doesn't have to be, I'm reviewing you as to you know, if you're doing a good job or not. It's more yeah. that, you know, as the owner, I would love to sit down and have a chat for you about how you think we're going and how are you going and how can I help you, um, you know, with your obviously goals, you know, in your professional career. Um, right. And make sure that it's not seen as, you know, you're, you're in the naughty room, you know, it's not being sent to the principal's office and you're in trouble and someone needs to be in fear. I mean, right. I would as a, as a practice owner go and say, hey, everyone, I really would love to just see how we're, we're going and you're going over the next month. I'm gonna organize 30 minute, you know, sit downs with everybody you know, when you can fit it into your diary um, and sit down and just have a chat. Now, what's yeah. going to be amazing from your perspective is what you're going to learn. You're going to find yeah. things you've never heard about. Yes, there's going to be some petty squabbling that, you know, somebody doesn't like somebody else. That's just human nature and those things pass. But, you know, for, as a practice owner, you're going to uh, learn a lot about your business and also learn about them and what they want to do. So, 
Um, you know, some things you'll be able to help them with, other things, you know, four people want to be the practice manager. Obviously, you're probably not going to have four practice managers, but knowing, as I said, who's interested will help you if, once again, in the future, a practice manager does leave, you know who your next candidate could potentially be. The other one is, is that it's the small things that matter, right? For people, it's yeah. about reward and recognition. Now, some yep. people want recognition to be stood on a stage and given an award. Some people like the private, you know, thanks, you're doing a great job. But I think that the job really for us as business owners in that sense is to catch people doing good stuff and tell them, right? For some reason, we tend to, you know, at a ratio, and if you look at the ratio, it should be 10 positive comments to one negative. But yep. unfortunately, yep. typically as business owners, we love to point out all the problems, but we don't actually reinforce what is good. So I would suggest as a practice owner to actively go around and when you see people doing good or, you know, helping out a patient that, you know, whatever it happens to be, go up to that staff member and say, hey, thanks, Nancy. That was really awesome that you helped out, you know, Mr. Jones with that particular problem. Now, yeah. those little small comments, whilst probably not impactful to yourself, are massively impactful on the human, right? Because right. people love to get positive reinforcement you know, hear good messages, tell you know, hear they're doing a great job. Um, it'll make them very, very happy. They will go home with a smile on their face. They will tell their husband or wife they had a great day at work. So try and actively catch people doing good things. Um, yeah. They're sort of two practical things. The other third one is obviously recognizing things like work anniversaries and birthdays. I mean, I handwrite birthday cards to every single person in our organization. You know, and I also do it for Christmas cards, so I get to write 600 a year. But I see it's one of the most important jobs that I have because, you know, once again, writing, you know, writing a card with your own handwriting, and it's not just I don't write happy birthday. I also then, or work anniversary, I try and note something which is personal, right? I know that, for example, this staff member likes a particular football team or likes to play golf or, you know, get to know them as humans. And then reflect on that so they can go, oh, he, you know, he or she did listen. You know, they do pay attention. Um, and, you know, if, if someone does do something really well and, you know, let's say they do like football, for example, you know, buy yeah. them two tickets to the next game as a thank you. I mean, mm -hmm. the, you can buy them, you know, movie tickets. You can buy little small rewards, which reinforces, obviously, the positive thing or the, the different activity they did. Um and, you know, once again, it's, you know, for the, for the staff member, it's massive, right? Typically for the owner, what's two footy tickets, you know, $30, $40 each. It's not obviously going to kill the business. Um, but doing those small things, once again, recognizing them and particularly work anniversaries and birthdays, because birthdays, they remember, work anniversaries less so. And if it is their fifth year or something of significance, do something for them, right? Pay for a dinner for them, their, their partner to go out, you know. Make that effort because once again, other people see it, right? It's not necessarily only the person that's receiving it. It's the other staff members seeing that you care about people. So that's what I would do if you're a practice owner. If you're a doctor, I would also encourage you to do the same thing. Um, when you see staff members doing good things or, or you know, help you out, I mean, particularly help you out because once again, a lot of these people do help support you. Um, particularly yeah. if, you know, something's happened and there's a patient that's been double booked or there's been something that's gone on, right, where somebody's had to obviously go a little bit beyond the call of duty to help you out, stop and thank them for doing it. Because once again, it's going to have a massive impact on them and they're going to be more likely to help you out again in the future if, of course, you acknowledge them um, through what they've done. But 
it's just small things. As I said, just try and be somebody that's a cheerleader in the organization that's once again trying to help pump everybody up and tell them they're doing a great job. Um, because it also means that when things don't go well and you need to sit down and have a conversation about maybe something that, that has gone a bit awry, it's going to be taken in that sense, right? It's not like we're yeah. constantly getting beaten down. I would also encourage doctors uh, in a practice that when it is somebody's birthday, same thing, make a small gesture, give them a box of chocolates with a handwritten card, right? It's going to cost you barely anything. The value it is and the, the importance it means to that staff member is going to be very significant because ultimately, once again, these are the people that help you be able to do your job as best as you possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I think there's some very tangible, um, actionable items there, Paul. I think that we can use that to, to wrap up. I was making notes as you spoke and I, what I wrote down is you, you got to have a process around this. You got to be organized around this. It's not just about being a nice person, although it obviously it has to come from there. You got to develop trust and a relationship with, with the people you work with. The recognition is important. And, and as you say, it's as, as simple as acknowledging somebody doing something and, and noting that and saying, thank you. I noticed that. Um, the, the, you know, the commentary around uh, gifts at, uh, at, at, on important dates. And then I think the other one which came through, but, but is worth emphasizing is, um, you know, almost everybody goes to work to do a good job. They want to perform. And so I think helping people understand what, what good performance looks like, uh, helping them achieve that and then recognizing it um, is, is really powerful. So um, thanks for all of that, Paul. And we'll, uh, we'll, uh, the, on the next podcast in a couple of weeks, we'll talk about the, uh, the role of facilities in the clinic. Thank you very much for your time and uh, really appreciate being able to help share this uh, with everybody on, on the call. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe so you can get updates whenever we post more. And please share it with others. And for more info, please go to helpsert.com.